Welcome to the Guide and Cancel Culture podcast. This is Stephen Strang. I'm out promoting this new book because I think it's important that we stand strong before it's too late. There are examples of cancel culture that occur every single day. It seems to be getting worse and worse. And my book is a warning to Christians. And I always enjoy being with Bill Martinez on his live radio show. His is one of the many interviews I've done. I actually did one earlier today. I'm doing one tomorrow. And we've kind of stockpiled them. And now I'm running them one podcast per day because I think you'll enjoy listening to them. Now, these radio interviews and sometimes television interviews are heard by thousands and tens of thousands of people. And I appreciate those who listen to the podcast, which is growing. And I'm pretty excited. I think we're up to like 300,000 downloads or something like that. So share this with friends. And also go on my website, stevestrangbooks.com. You can get an autographed copy of the book by the author. Guess who that is? Or you can also buy it at Barnes & Noble. I bought one there just a couple of days ago. It was kind of fun (laughs) to walk in and buy my own book. I just got the numbers today. They bought a really good order, and I'm just so appreciative of their support. Walmart, on the other hand, did not carry this book, and we can only speculate why. They carried all my other books. I hate to say it was cancel culture, but it's kind of suspicious. But they are a great client and have been for many years. I don't want to badmouth them. I'm just saying that Barnes & Noble uh, took a a large position with this book. So uh, I hope you'll go to Barnes & Noble or go to my website, stevestrangbooks.com. Without further ado, here's the interview. There's a big gap here, a differential from where we should be and where we are right now. And in Stephen Strang's new book, God and Cancel Culture, Stand Strong Before It's Too Late, the award-winning journalist and founder of Charisma Media and Charisma Magazine, documents this chaos happening in our country today and what we especially, the people of God, the men, the women of God, those who are called by his name, What is our solution? What are we supposed to be doing to be an example of light against the darkness and salt to a um, to a world that's uh, rather chaotic? Stephen Strang, welcome to the show. Good to have you with us, sir. Well, thank you. It's always good to be with you. Well, Stephen, as always, uh, I appreciate your insight and this book. I mean, this, uh, you know, as I read through it. I just sensed that this was, you know, something that, you know, God had dropped into your spirit that said, I've, I've got to write, I've got to write this. I Like the watchman on the wall, I've got to put out a, an admonition, a warning, a call to action to the men and women of faith. Well, thank you, because that is why I wrote it. And, you know, I've been doing Charisma Magazine since I was 24 years old. And in a way, I've been doing that over the years. And you know, we've talked about these kinds of things. Uh, back in the late 1970s, Francis Schaeffer, uh, with How Should We Then Live, uh, was predicting a lot of these things. And back in that day, we would have written about him. And I quote him in the book, God and Cancel Culture, because he's so prophetic. He says that as Christianity uh, withdraws from the uh, marketplace of ideas or our culture, uh, that something's got to fill it, and it's mm-hmm. going to be some kind of a- humanistic atheism 
and elites are going to emerge. And back in 1977, when he wrote that, you know, elites, what does that mean? I mean, mm-hmm. but, yes. you know, we've seen it happen. And you can come right down the years. And I got really concerned about the direction of the country, uh, probably in the Barack Obama era, where I could mm-hmm. see, you know, he wanted to fundamentally change America. Exactly. Which it sounds a little bit neutral, like, you know, maybe it's good, but it's not. They want to get rid of, you know, he just represented something bigger. Mm-hmm. There's been a march on this for years. And meanwhile, the church is very passive. So uh, I'm not real, real involved in politics. I've, I've, read, I've been registered as a Democrat at one time and a Republican now, but I've never been involved in poly, uh, party politics. But I did get involved with Mike Huckabee's campaign in 2008, because here was a man who was a good governor in Arkansas. Uh, America had elected an Arkansas governor and Bill Clinton, of course, and right. uh, he was good at dealing with the press. And I thought, hey, you know, this is a guy that could win. I actually think that he would have had a much better chance against Barack Obama than McCain did, but, you know, that's history. But the reason I mention it, Bill, is in the process, I saw how passive uh, pastors and churches were. And it's like, can't you see what's happening? Can't you see that we have a hero? Now, you know, I saw uh, back in that era, I would have looked to him kind of like we looked to Donald Trump, you mm-hmm. know, in 2016. Of course, Mike Huckabee's a great American, a great leader, but he's no Donald Trump, as he'll right. admit himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've seen this over the years. In fact, my books on Donald Trump were not so much uh, about Donald Trump, as it was, what is God doing? What is God saying? The first one, God and Donald Trump, was really my way to tell the story about how there were prophetic voices that said that God was raising up this very unlikely uh, businessman who uh, had a lifestyle over the years that was anything but Christian, uh, and then asking, could God raise up a leader that's not perfect for plans and purposes that he has? This was a story that's not told in the uh, secular media and even most of the Christian media. A lot of the mm-hmm. Christian media, sadly, is is moving left. Some mm-hmm. of them are even woke. And right. so in a way, I kind of feel like I'm out in the wilderness mm-hmm. uh, shouting, but Right. You know, God has given me a platform, and I'm just trying to use the platform I have, in this case, a book, a new book that's coming out September 7th, called God and Cancel Culture. And it's about what's happening uh, in the culture, uh, how it's becoming less and less, uh, more and more ungodly, uh, what's happening with COVID, even moving. I have a chapter about communism. I think it's very, very serious. And I think the church has to wake up. This book is written to Christians. I hope other people read it, but it's written from a Christian perspective, partly because that's my perspective. It's a perspective that I think we should have. But in our culture, it's kind of like what Christians think doesn't matter anymore. Well, well, why why did Jesus establish the church in the first place, Stephen? Well, this is an interesting question, and I I write about this in God and Cancel Culture. The, the the word that he used in that scripture was ecclesia. It's the same word we get ecclesiastical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the Episcopal Church is has an Episcopal ecclesiastical form of government. It meant marketplace in Greek. It's where people discussed things. So Jesus used a marketplace secular term to refer to the church. 
uh, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Um, you know, Jesus said to be salt and light. Um, the Bible says to occupy till he comes. And all the, a lot of people, especially in my little corner of the Christian community, which is sort of the Pentecostal charismatic, you know, they believe mm-hmm. that Jesus is going to come any day. And so, you know, why bother with all this mess and just kind of wait and we'll be swept up to heaven in the rapture? I mean, there's a lot of disagreement over how that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I think I've become a little bit cynical about all the theories. In fact, I mentioned in the book that uh, someone, you know, there's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Somebody says pan-trib, which means, uh, <laughs> and I say I'm pan-trib, kind of yeah. all of the above. Right. Exactly. But it does seem like everything that's happening is culminating. Yeah. yeah. And for the first time, we can kind of see the emergence of a one-world government right. trying to oppress yeah. us being able to buy and sell. Well, I will tell you, Stephen, I'm God-trib. That means whenever God decides to trip, I'm, I'm with him. I know, I know you are the same way. Yeah, you you can. I, I'm just saying, you you inspired. But I'm God trip. I mean, because God's in control. That's what Jesus said, and I believe that. So, but but the fact of the matter is, is that we're still supposed to be about. We're reminded time and again in the Bible, we're still supposed to be about the Father's business. Now. My question to people of faith who are called by his name is, um, what, what business has God called you to be about? And if you can't answer that question, then I wonder what you're doing in your relationship with God. Are you in his word on a daily basis? Are you, you know, praying without ceasing? I mean, for, I mean, right now, as you, as you lay this out and, and people are seeing this, Stephen, I mean, I, I see people across the country and, and even around the world, their instinct is to look up right now in the midst of all the chaos and everything that's going on, whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's in China, I mean, you know, there's no lack of chaos and ungodly behavior that's happening and you see time and again people are looking up instinctively why are they looking up i think it's because in all of us there's a god-shaped vacuum you know even atheists know that there's something bigger now they fill it with you know all kinds of malarkey yes i think the people sort of know that something is culminating even secular people exactly Uh, but uh, god almighty and his promises uh, the same yesterday today and forever You know, that's who we're told to trust above all, because um, he is trustworthy. And though we may not see it and though it may seem dark, as uh, our good friend uh, Tony Campolo would say, yeah, it looks like Friday today and Satan may be dancing and celebrating, but (laughs) Sunday's coming and Sunday's always coming when you have faith, ladies and gentlemen. And I know Stephen Strang agrees with us on that. Uh, his up-and-coming book, God and Cancel Culture, Stand Strong Before It's Too Late. Uh, your forward is by Mike Lindell. And Mike is, uh, boy, what a force he's become and what a blessing. I mean, what a success story. Uh, you know, from crackhead to a man of God that God is using mightily. And, uh, I mean, he's invested recently a lot of his own money and his time and he's put together a group of people to to deal with something that uh, I believe this country, it would be well served to understand. And that is because uh, we have a growing number of people, Stephen. You say you're not involved in politics all that much, but we have uh, over 50 percent of the people saying we need to have an audit of the uh, 2020 election. And Mike Lindell is putting his money where his mouth is. Uh, Also, his body, he was beat up, you know, last week while he was doing the symposium, he was attacked. 
because people, you know, are trying to shut him up. Well, if anything, that should convince him that he he's doing the right thing. Because if uh, if people are looking at you and attacking you uh, and trying to shut you up and cancel you, it's because you have something of value, do you not? Oh, you're absolutely right. And Mike Lindell is a hero uh, to me, and he is probably the poster boy for cancel culture, maybe other than Donald Trump. I mean, of course we need to investigate election fraud. If it's if it's one charge in one precinct, that one charge needs to be looked into. Mm-hmm. But my personal opinion is that the election was stolen, and if they can get away with this, uh, it's game over because every election will be – it won't be who's the best candidates, who who can cheat most in order to, to win. We need to look into this. And cancel culture is all about stifle everybody. You know, if they can make everyone shut up and what happened in uh, 2020 is like nobody thinks about it, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like crime in the neighborhood. If, if there's a bad attorney general uh, or district attorney, whatever it's called in different states, and there's, there's murder and, and corruption and all kinds of things, and they choose not to prosecute, uh, that kind of thing continues. Mm-hmm. If you've got an honest district attorney, they go in there and clean it up, and it stops all that kind of mess. And of course, you know, there's lots of examples of that, but here Mike Lindell is, he's asking a question that every American should be asking. Listen, if there was no fraud, the uh, supposedly the investigation will will show that to be true. So exactly. what are they trying to hide? Yeah. But, th- but now these big box stores won't sell his pillows. Right. What's that all about? 23 retailers. I document this in God and Cancel Culture. By the way, it was a real privilege to have him do the forward for the book and mm. And I think it's actually one of the best parts of the book. But why why would Coles or Best uh, Bed Bath and Beyond care about his, the politics of the owner uh, of a of a factory that makes pillows? Yeah. If anything, some of those stupid retailers ought to say, "Hey, these other bonehead." woke retailers won't sell you a pillow. Hey, all you people that want pillows, come over to my place. But it's not. It's like groupthink. Exactly. And scary. You know, we have constitutions that protects our rights from the government. We, The law is still on our side. We have not lost yet. But what mm-hmm. is new is the leftness and the wokeness and the groupthink of retailers. And I make the point that, you know, we talk about helicopter parents that, Mm -hmm. you know, keep the little kids from having anything bad happen to them and on the playground. And now these people have grown up and they're they're running Google and Facebook and all these places, and, and they want a safe little world for their little wokeness, and they don't mm-hmm. want debate. Yes. And, and it's and, frightening, and we have to stand mm-hmm. up before it's too late. The subtitle to God and cancel culture is stand strong before it's too late. Mm-hmm. At some point, it will be too late. It isn't uh, yet. And one mm-hmm. of the good things that, that's happening is that people are getting backbone. You know, even Mike Lindell, you know, 10 years ago, he didn't care about politics. Right. Now he right. has a backbone. There's a lot of examples. Mm-hmm. I talk about them. Some past. Well, 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 the other thing, too, Stephen, let me just add this real quick, if I might interject, is that the cancel culture mediocritizes people and people who have been bathed in cancel culture realizes at the end of the day, it's not very intellectual. 
Because as Jordan Peterson says, as Jordan Peterson, and I like Jordan Peterson's quote on this, and and I mean, this is a loosened, this is a Bill Martinez interpretation of it, is that you silo yourself to such a degree that you render yourself stupid. You know, you need to have that exchange of ideas where you're talking and and this is the marketplace. This is Ecclesiastes that you go into the marketplace, you share ideas. And when we do that time and again, when you look back in history, boy, the people, the country, everybody's all the better for doing that. And and you look at communist countries and they're so bleak and dark and the people are depressed. And, yeah, maybe they get free health care. Maybe they don't. Maybe their free health care means that they go and they subject their bodies to have their organs, you know, tra- uh, extracted from them body because they, the, you know, the collective have decided that you're just not good enough. You're just not stepping up anymore, Stephen. And so the last bit of usage that we can uh, get out of you is we're going to harvest your organs. It's really scary, and it's the antithesis of Christianity, where the good shepherd leaves in 99 and goes out to find the one lost sheep. Right. In communism, it's the good of the 99, let's sacrifice the lost sheep. And in cancer culture and, and wokeness and the left, there is no redemption. If yes. you make one little mistake... That are things that they think are mistakes. Exactly, they I was going to say. You. In, in my book, God and Cancer Culture, I talk about Dr. Seuss, who's greatly beloved. We all grew up on Cat in the Hat and all those things. But in the 40s and 50s, some of his little cartoon characters uh, were a little bit stereotypical for him to show an Asian or an African or. You know, I guess for the cartoon, for people to figure out what it is. And today in in the woke, uh, uh, politically correct culture, it's not nice to Mm -hmm. use those stereotypes. I looked at it myself. I can sort of see that if somebody is like super, super, super sensitive, maybe they don't like it. But to cancel the books so people can't even buy them, if it can happen to Dr. Seuss, any of us can be canceled. Yeah, without a doubt. And here we are. And it's a small minority to your point on this, Stephen. It's a small minority of people. Now, I'm not saying we should be insensitive to them, but we need to. Uh, I, I believe the response should to be, you know, should be measured based on, um, you know, the amount of people that are being affected, like so much of this cancel culture. It's not, you know, 40 percent, 30 percent. It's less than 10 percent of America that's fueling you know, the forces here of this cancel culture at the expense of everybody else, because and and this is why people are waking up and saying, going, wait, this isn't too smart. You know, this is kind of dumb. And and even to the point that you got Bill Maher, right? You got Bill Maher finally going, hey, look at, you know, this woke culture. I mean, before that, you had, um, you know, Democratic strategists saying, man, the woke culture is going to kill the Democratic Party. And uh, then you get Bill Maher going, this is dark. This is not good. Go ahead. Uh, you're right. Even the liberals are beginning to wake up. And Senator Rand Paul, uh, who I think is a great American, but I disagree with him on certain things. Right. He made a great speech, which was taken off of social media as soon as he did it. And he, he was telling people to stand up. He says there's more of us than them. What happens is they intimidate people. Then everyone else is afraid. Oh, if I say something, they're going to cancel me. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my business. I'm going to be a laughing stock all over America. So I think that self-censorship uh, by Christians and other conservatives 
is the most serious issue exactly. we're dealing with. And Right, exactly. And we need to take back the ecclesiastic. We need to take back the marketplace where we can have a free exchange of ideas. Big tech has absolutely destroyed the, the democracy here in this country, and they are the ultimate threat. Stephen Strang, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on the show and uh, his book uh, coming soon.